Hello everyone, and welcome back to SCADcast. Thank you for joining us, I'm Matt Nickley. Today's guest, President and CEO of Hermes Paris, Bob Chavez, understands the importance of tradition and brand integrity. As the leader of a brand that goes back almost 200 years, he's honored that legacy by keeping clients close to the history while presenting them with something new. Everything stems from Hermes's roots of exceptional quality. Chavez knows and loves people. And according to him, that's the essence of retail. When he spoke at the 2019 SCAD commencement ceremony in Savannah, he mentored graduates to quote, not be afraid to start at the bottom, be patient, and do what you love, end quote. It's that humility and passion that we can all find daily strength in. Paula Wallace zoomed with Chavez to reflect on Hermes's storied history, modern innovations, SCAD Pro partnerships, and student mentorship. Let's tune into that conversation now. From SCADcast, this is On Creativity, a conversation between Paula Wallace and Bob Chavez. Today, I'm very honored to welcome Bob Chavez, President and CEO of Hermes US, a native of San Antonio, a graduate of Princeton, and an honorary degree recipient from SCAD. Congratulations, Bob. Thank you, Paula. Very honored. Appreciate it. You know, I was thinking that maybe we should just start with a little bit of the beginning and the storied history of Hermes starting back in the 1800s, 1837, as a saddlery and fine uh, leatherworking business. Yes, well, the company was founded uh, by Terry Hermes uh, back in 1837 in Paris on a small little shop. Uh, he only made saddles. Uh, he became very well known for the quality of his saddles uh, and his word spread more and more. Then he started having uh, royalty, uh, royal families coming to him from England, from Russia, really from all over Europe, and he became more and more well-known. So that expanded into more equestrian products. Uh, we always like to say that the horse was our very first client, and we still remain loyal to uh, our first client today. As, as you know, we're still very much in, into equestrian products. And then over the years, the company really uh, changed and evolved as times were changing. Uh, when the car came on board and started to replace the horse-drawn carriages, the company went from uh, saddle bags uh, to uh, luggage bags and, and, and mm. travel bags. Uh, and then uh, the scarves were actually inspired by the linings of the, of the jockeys who used to ride the, the horses. They had beautiful silk linings and someone at Hermes said, you know, it's a shame these beautiful so colors and, and, and linings are never really seen because they're on the inside. And thus the idea was born to bring them out and, and maybe people would wear them. Uh, and that was exactly 100 years later in 1937 that the first scarf was created. And then of course from there, we, we added more and more products uh, from, from perfume to, to ready to wear, uh, to watches. Uh, and today of course we have 16 different product categories that we're, we're making. Uh, over 180 years old now, and the sixth generation is now leading the company. 
Amazing. Those carré, I mean, it, we could teach a whole color theory curriculum on those because the colors just are beautiful. They work so well together. They go with so many different things. I mean, and why is it that, that the Hermes scarves are so much better than any others? They just last forever. They just have a beautiful hand to them as well as the design. What is so different about the Hermes scarf? Well, I would say for us, it, it's really from the very start to the very finish. It's from the, the silk that we use. I mean, they're very specialized uh, uh, cocoons. Uh, that are, are raised very carefully. Uh, and then the, the silk itself is, is woven with the utmost in care uh, and quality, uh, the way it's treated, the way we wash it, uh, it's very delicately handled. Uh, and then the, the proper drying uh, process, uh, and then when it gets to uh, the, the factories, uh, the way it's laid out on the printing uh, boards, uh, it's a very, very delicate and a very, uh, beautiful process to watch and that as the color gets printed we only print uh, one color at a time so if a scarf has some of our scarves can have up to 45 colors it means that those screens will go down the line 45 different times that takes an extraordinary amount of time but it's that little attention to detail that really makes the, the difference and we print from the, the least amount of color to the most amount of color so if a scarf has, let's say, a small fuchsia butterfly, and that fuchsia color is only this much of the, of the, of the scarf, mm -hmm. there will be a screen created for that one tiny little fuchsia color uh, of the butterfly, and it will go down the line and then come back, and then we start over again with the second color and the third color. Then after that, we go through the washing process, the drying process, the cutting process, and then all of the hand rolling uh, and all this time, the quality control checks are, are really very, very strong. Uh, and the end result is that you feel the beautiful quality uh, of the silk. You really do. The proportion of it, just the, the weight of it. I mean, it's just, um, it's just a, a fabulous, fabulous product that is inimitable. You only do it. And what about the perfumery? Because you have quite a span of, uh, of wonderful perfumes. Yes, and that perfume started really back uh, in the early, uh, in, uh, in 1950, when I believe was when we created our first perfume called Rouge Hermes. Uh, and we have, of course, even today, we have an in-house perfumer. So all of our creations are done by our in-house uh, nose, as we, as we refer to her. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, all of the quality, all of the ingredients, everything is very tightly controlled. Most uh, people who make uh, perfumes today usually give a, um, a recap of what they want to see. Like they'll send it to a perfume house and say, we're looking for something uh, light, something green, uh, something, uh, you know, th they'll give all these types of descriptions. Uh, and then the perfume company has to work and try to come up with a way to do it. And nine times out of 10, cost control is a key factor. So they will compromise on some of the ingredients to make sure that they can meet you know, the price point that needs to be met. Here at Hermes, you know, we don't really do any of that. It's really about the, the, the pureness of, of the scent itself, you know, what she smells and what she wants to create. Uh, and then we go and find all of the beautiful flowers that need to be found to create it. Um, and there's never any thought process about what the cost is. It's really about the pure quality uh, of the perfume itself. 
Uh, and when we finally get to the end result, I, I think you'll agree that our perfumes are very, very unique. They're very different and they really don't smell uh, like anyone else's. In fact, just a couple of years ago, we created a, a beautiful cologne uh, and it's a rhubarb cologne and no one's ever done a rhubarb cologne. And when you smell this cologne, you smell the rhubarb and it just makes you feel so enveloped as if you're out in a field of, of rhubarb. But those are the types of things that we do just to really, again, make things different, make them unique and make them authentic. What do people select in the store or prefer to find in the store as opposed to your e-commerce site? Um, I would say in the store, the, the big difference is that people like to try things on, uh, particularly in, in when it comes to ready-to-wear. Uh, people will buy ready-to-wear online, but we find that they really want to come in the store. They want to, they want to try it on. They want to see how it, it fits. Sometimes if people, if we come up with a new fabrication on something, uh, even, even, even in a scarf or, or it could be a, you know, a new type of leather, people will want to see that. Our, our best customers know a lot of our products, but if it's something new, they want to come in and they want to touch it. You know, they want to feel it. Uh, sometimes they want to smell it, uh, you know, if it, is, if it is leather, or they want to see the color uh, uh, firsthand. Uh, and then they come in for the experience. You know, we have, we have a very uh, a talented staff, of selling staff, very knowledgeable. Uh, and many times people come in just to hear the stories. They want to hear the story behind the product. And, and almost all of our products have just really crazy stories uh, behind them and, and they love listening to those. The stores are just serene and sophisticated and uh, very comfortable. I mean, you could really linger in one of your stores for a long time. <laughs> yes, you could, which is a good thing. We like that. I was wondering about um, the new beauty that you've launched in 2020. And I think you were going to start with 24 shades of lipstick Yes. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about that and how you decided to go into beauty and um, how is that progressing? Well, we've always wanted to be in the beauty business. And in fact, many years ago, uh, probably I've been at Hermes for 20 years now. And I would say maybe 17 years ago, we introduced one single color of one lipstick. Uh, oh, just I as didn't the, even know that. Yes, it, it was a long time ago, and it was just one lipstick, one color, that was it. And it sold out so fast, uh, we were never able to replenish it. There wasn't a real long-term plan. Uh, and ever since then, we had always thought about getting back into the business, but in a much more meaningful way. So typical Hermes, again, every T has to be crossed, every I has to be dotted. All the research has to be done and the quality has to be there from start to, to finish. So this most recent project has been over a five-year project in the development uh, and there is a long-term strategy for, for, for beauty, uh, but we just launched the lipstick collection uh, and you're right, it was 24 different shades of, of lipstick. Uh, and I have to say it was a, it was a, a big success for us. Uh, of course, it happened right at the time that, that COVID-19 hit. Uh, but what happened is even though our stores were closed, people were buying the lipstick online because it was something that would give you a little bit of a lift and something, you know, uh, to make you feel uh, good or feel better. But it's been a great success for us. Uh, and we will continue to, uh, to bring on seasonal shades. We do three 
limited edition seasonal shades, uh, which sold out very quickly this spring. The next three will come out uh, in the fall and then we'll continue with our, our basic shades. But again, the packaging is, is beautifully done, uh, no plastic used whatsoever, uh, and a very, very different approach uh, in the simplicity in which we are, are doing the, uh, the lipstick and the rest of our beauty products to come. Mm, fantastic. I really admire the quality and the consistency and the innovation um, of Hermes. And I know that you, you like a bit of whimsy in, uh, along with the sophistication and the glamour that Hermes um, portrays, a little bit of storytelling and making it fun too. Yes. Well, it's really great because like I said, you know, we, we love to tell uh, stories. We love to tell stories about our stores, about our products, about uh, our history. Like the one time that uh, one of the presidents of, of the U.S. was visiting the store uh, and the elevator got stuck uh, in the store. So everybody panicked to try to get the elevator open to get him out of the, uh, the elevator. Uh, we have wonderful stories of, of, of customers who have traveled you know, miles and miles to, uh, to look for a specific product or, or in some cases have been able to meet, you know, the craftsmen who, who made uh, the product that they were uh, trying to repair. Uh, and we will try always to match up if, if your handbag, let's say, needs a repair on the handle. We have the ability to trace that production to your person who made it, to the craftsperson who made that for you, uh, and that person will repair uh, the bag for you. Uh, so we try to keep that very personal link and the, and the personal history and the stories uh, that we just, that we really thrive on uh, day after day. Uh, and like I said, people just love to, uh, to hear them. Uh, and and even, even stories about scars. Like for me personally, it was a few years ago, Kermit Oliver uh, is one of our scarf designers and he's an American. He lives in Waco, Texas. And Kermit used to be uh, he used to work in the post office. He, he, was, a, he was a postman. And uh, Stanley Marcus somehow met him. Stanley Marcus from Neiman Marcus in Dallas mm. met him and came across some of his artwork. Uh, and so when Stanley Marcus then met Jean-Louis Dumas, our fifth generation chairman, he said to him uh, in a meeting in Dallas, he goes, you have to meet this gentleman. You have to meet Kermit Oliver. He goes, I think you'd really love his, his artwork. So Jean-Louis meets Kermit. He sees some of his artwork, uh, which had a lot to do with Native American art or Southwestern art. Uh, mm -hmm. And he immediately fell in love and asked him if he would uh, design a, a scarf uh, for us. So he designed a, a beautiful scarf. Uh, it's called the Texas scarf. Uh, and it has a very large turkey which is was, is native uh, uh, to texas uh beautiful coloration all the flora and fauna of texas surrounding the turkey and it was an instant bestseller uh and since then uh kermit has designed i think a total of 18 different scarves uh, for us and all of them are always a, a tremendous uh success uh, so that's a great story and, and my favorite kermit story is that a few years ago we wanted to do a collaboration with the King Ranch uh, in Texas, and we asked mm -hmm. Kermit if he would do a scarf uh, for the King Ranch. Uh, and so I went to the King Ranch. I met Kermit uh, and his wife there, uh, and we toured uh, all of the King Ranch. I mean, I'm talking going out in the uh, uh, in the boats with the with the fans uh, trekking through the 
the wetlands, uh, birdie looking, driving, you know, in a, in a truck with uh, two levels uh, to, to scout uh, birds uh, and just watching Kermit all the time. He never took a note, he never drew anything, but you could just tell that everything was going right here in his, in his uh, head. Uh, and of course, then he, he developed the most beautiful scar, which is, is really a, a, an homage to the King Ranch. Uh, and it has, I want to say it has over 140 different species in it. And from that two or three day trip that we took to the King Ranch, I was absolutely astounded that Kermit could draw 143 different species that he kept in his head, having spotted and seen all of that uh, in our visit to the, to the ranch. So that scarf has very, very special meaning uh, to me personally. Remarkable. Yes, and being a Texas, Texas native too. Exactly. 2020 has been quite a year. What are some of the innovations that you've engineered in 2020 to partly address these you know, changing times, but also just the whole business? Well, it's really, uh, you're right. It has been a very challenging year. It's really, certainly the first thing is that we've learned not to take anything for granted, uh, certainly not our, our customers. Uh, we've also learned that we have to take very good care of our, our people. Uh, we have to look out for them, uh, which, we, which we have. Uh, we've tried to stay very connected to everybody, uh, even remotely. Uh, but communication and messaging has been really key. Uh, you know, we span all six time zones in the United States from, from Hawaii to, to Boston. So staying connected uh, and sending out regular communication has been a, a really important part of, of making sure the team felt uh, that they weren't out there alone, uh, that there was some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, so sending them updates, uh, giving them the news, even if it was bad news, but it's always important to share uh, the news. Uh, and then once we started to open up, then the little bit of good news started to come, and then that motivated people even more so. Uh, but we've also learned to, to really have faith in our, our product, that, that people will want to have uh, really beautiful, qualitative things. One thing that's been very interesting that we've experienced uh, since the shutdown is that our, our home business and our tableware business has really boomed. Uh, it's because all of a sudden people are spending a lot more time at home and they've realized, well, I want something a little bit more comfortable and I want something a little bit more unique or a special piece for my, my home. Uh, so we've seen that and that's really continued. And for tableware, who knew that we'd be eating three meals a day at home, you know, <laughs> exactly. for a long period of time. Nobody ever thought about that. And so then people discovered, well, you know what? I want a beautiful teacup. I want a beautiful place setting. Uh, if I'm going to be spending a lot of time at my at my dining room table with my my husband or or my wife or my family, wonderful. You know, we teach luxury strategy and management at SCAD. What uh, what insights do you have about the whole luxury sector? What advice would you give for how to be successful in the luxury sector? Not just this year, but in entire career in general. Yeah, um, I would say that that. You know, I look at it really more as a, as a retail business because we are retailers. It's really what we are. Um, and I think if you just look at it as a retail business, it's a business that you're, you're, you're not, we're not selling anything that people need. They don't need to have any of the products that we're, we're selling. So you have to sell them the, 
the desire. You have to you have to tempt them to want something so beautiful. Once they feel it, once they once they smell it, once they they see it. Um, so for me, I would say that it's really about you know find the best people that you can, uh, train them as best you can, give them all the knowledge and the information uh, that they that they want because they really do want that knowledge and information. They want to be able to explain to people why this blanket is so warm and, and comfortable, why the silk is so so soft and luxurious against your, your skin. And then I would say it's really, it's really about you know, just being a merchant. I mean, that's the most important thing is, is, is looking at product. Uh, don't look at the numbers, look at the product. I always say that to my, my, my people first, is that look at the product and then back into the numbers. If you start to look at the numbers, it's going to narrow your, your view of the product. You're going, to, you're going to think, oh, that's too expensive, or no, I'm not going to sell a lot of those. But look at it for what it's worth, because and, 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 that's how the customer is going to see it before they look at the, at the price point. Um, and always go with your, your instinct. Go with your, go with your gut. Uh, you'll know in your gut if it's, going to, if it's going to be a great product or if it's not going to be a great product. Um, and and these, are, these are things that are really... You know, they're applicable to almost any retail business, uh, whether you're in luxury or whether you're in, you know, in a middle market or, or even in a, an entry price point uh, market. And I've been in, in pretty much all of those markets in my, in my career. Uh, and I brought those lessons along with me. I mean, I worked at, at Macy's, uh, you know, and, and I, sold, I sold shoes for $29.99. Uh, but it's the idea of being a merchant and, and running and driving a business uh, and doing it Hermes is, is, is pretty much the same thing. It's, it's all about the product. It's all about the, the people. Uh, and it's all about customer uh, service and experience. Mm. You've been so generous to um, be an advocate for our students and to be a mentor for them. And you, you told them, um, you gave them some advice. Start at the bottom. Be patient and do what you love. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I always tell people, don't be afraid to start, you know, at the bottom. So if, you, if it's something you really want to do and, and a company says to you, well, this is the only thing that we have right now, I say go for it. And, and that's what I did. You know, Bloomingdale's offered me a job. Uh, they offered me a salary. I kind of bit my, my fingers on the, my nails on the, on the salary offer. Uh, and then I thought, well, it's not great. It's really not much, but either I want to do it or I, I don't. So I did it, uh, you know, and I started, I started on the selling floor, not even as a salesperson. It was really folding clothes, taking the returns at lunchtime in the morning and, and in, the, in the evening before we, we closed. I spent a lot of time in the stock room getting the stock up. But all the time I was, I was listening and I was learning. You were studying. Yeah, you were studying everything. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and from there, I, I, you know, it was one step at a time. And then I moved into you know, the office as, a, as like a, an assistant, or not even assistant. I was still interning. And then I be, became uh, placed uh, in a different department as an assistant. Uh, and I still wasn't afraid to do anything, really. Uh, and I've always learned ever since then is that, is that I will never ask anybody to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Exactly. So, exactly. so when I when Christmas hits sometimes and 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 somebody says, "Well, the the stock person called in sick today, and it's the day, it's the Wednesday before 
you know, Thanksgiving and you have to be open on a very busy Friday, you don't say, oh, well, we'll just wait for him to come back, you know, on Monday. <laughs> I would grab some of my team members and we would go down into the stock room and say, let's open up those boxes, get them to the floor because we have to be open on, on a very busy Friday morning. And, and when you do that with your, with your team, they're even more motivated than ever thinking, well, wow, he's going to do it. So, you know what, mm -hmm. I, I should do it as well. Uh, you know the business top and bottom. And speaking of those orange boxes, that puts a smile on anybody's face to see one of those orange boxes and the beautiful ribbon too. Just like yes. finished off and presented so beautifully, so perfectly. It's a, it's a present in and of itself, the presentation. Oh, thank you. People do get very excited when they, when they see an orange box coming their way. So. <laughs> you told me the other day that space is the new luxury. I thought that was very interesting. Yes. Um, what we see, we see that space is the new luxury is because what we've all learned is that social distancing has been the word uh, since we've, we've shut down. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think people want that comfort level uh, now that things are opening up. Uh, you see now that restaurants are spacing tables six feet apart. Uh, how much did we all dislike being bunched up or you couldn't back your chair up because you'd hit the person behind you? We were so crammed into a restaurant. We were crammed into, you know, a subway. We were crammed into stores or, or whatever the, the, the venue might be. And now all of a sudden we have this space between us and I think people have really enjoyed it. Uh, and so we feel that space is the new luxury. Even in our stores now, uh, we're making sure that we have uh, appointments for people. Uh, we space the amount of time in between so that the store isn't really full, and we want people to feel comfortable coming into our uh, into our shops. Uh, and and we just think it's really a way uh, of the future uh, for retail. Mm. Well, that is the ultimate luxury to have the full attention of one of the sales associates and for the sales associate to have the attention of the person who's a fan of Hermes. Exactly, exactly. So thank you so much for being an educator um, and helping us at SCAD to teach our students um, so much about the world that you know so much about. You, and you're celebrating your second decade in August as the president and CEO. I mean, what an amazing milestone. Yes, I, I can't believe that it's going to be uh, 20 years uh, in August. And it feels, sometimes it feels like 20 years. Sometimes it feels like, you know, I just started two or three years ago and I have so much more to, to do, uh, but not, in a, not in, a, in, a, in a burdensome way, in an exciting way that there, I just still see so much potential, uh, so much, uh, uh, so much really beautiful things that, that we, we still can achieve here. Uh, not only in the U.S., but across the, the world, really. Uh, and I, as you said, I, I, I love education. Uh, in fact, my dream when I was growing up was to be a, a teacher. I wanted to be a third grade uh, elementary school teacher because I, I, I adored my third grade teacher. And I thought, I want to be just like her when, when I grow up. So it's always been in my, in my head to want to do that. Um, and here I am, you know, as a president, but I, I'm very much a teacher, and, and I think that's why I love it uh, so much. Um, but it's really a great uh, feeling. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a wonderful company. It's a beautiful family. Uh, and like I said, I, I'm, I'm really excited about going into the next 
the next decade uh, for me uh, at Hermes. Me too. I can't wait to see what you'll do. Thank you. Well, thank you, Bob. This was a wonderful conversation. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, as you know, I have great admiration for you. I, I think what you've done uh, at SCAD is just uh, really amazing. Uh, and the first time I was there, the first time I met you, I came away, Paula, I have to tell you, just so, so inspired thinking, wow, this, this is a this is really why, why people want to be educators. This is why they want to be a part of it. When you, when you find someone who's so dedicated and just so committed to, uh, to the students and to specifically encouraging you know, the arts and, and craftsmanship, uh, it's really a wonderful thing that is so missing. But you go to SCAD uh, and you have real, real hope and confidence for the future. So thank you for what you do. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I want all of our students to make their, have their dreams come true. And that's, um, that's the most important thing. Well, thank you. This was amazing. I, I always learn a lot from you. So thank you for devoting your time and sharing your knowledge with me. And I love your enthusiasm for everything that's new, but maintaining a, a, the respect for the dignified history of the company at the same time. Wonderful. Thank you. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Take Thank care, you. Paula. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Bob Chavez. Think about what makes a brand stand up to time and stay current while honoring its foundation. How do we do that in our own lives, with our own individual pursuits? Be sure to keep an eye on the Guests and Gusto events page on scad.edu to find out more about and participate in upcoming interviews and virtual artist visits. Thank you for tuning in to SCADcast and On Creativity, executive produced by SCAD president and founder Paula Wallace, with original music by SCAD alumnus George Lovett. On behalf of the entire SCAD community, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay active. We'll see you next time.